Welcome to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast, where you will learn career strategies and techniques to help you break down barriers, make more money, and thrive in your tech life at work and at home. Technology has never been more mission critical to our online stay-at-home world, and you are the key to its success. You'll hear from diverse women in tech as well as experts who share both personal and professional strategies so you can transform your work and your workplace from the inside out. I'm Karen Morstel, former Silicon Valley tech leader and serial CISO for iconic brands like AT&T Wireless, Microsoft, and Russell Investments. I hope you will join me in my mission and message of resilience and transformation to make an inclusive and equitable tech industry. If you find this show helpful, please leave us a like and share it. And don't forget to hurry over to createyourleadingedge.com to join innovative and affordable group coaching for women in tech on your terms. And now on to Mojo Maker for Women in Tech. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast. I'm willing to wager that you have worked on a team or in an organization somewhere, sometime, where interpersonal communication was a challenge, not only to working together effectively and in a fun way, but to producing a final good result. There always seems to be people, when we come together to work together, who don't speak their truth and they hold their ideas and keep all their goodness inside. And then there's others who can railroad an idea right through a meeting or an organization and sometimes suck all the air out of the room. You know what I mean. My guest, Brenda Batista, is an engineer and a management consultant who was compelled to find out why, when her team did transformational work for a client, that the changes didn't last. On our episode today, Brenda's going to share some surprising insights and a valuable communication tool called the five voices. And I promise you it will absolutely change the way you look at communications and how your team works together to deliver quality results that stick. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast. Today on the show, I have a very special guest, Brenda Batista. She's an entrepreneur and the founder of Inspiring Company Culture, where she offers coaching and workshops for teams and organizations around a very unique tool that I cannot wait for you to hear more about. So Brenda, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. Looking forward to our conversation. I'd love to start off with just understanding a little bit more about your experience. What led you to doing the coaching that you're doing today with companies on culture and communications? So I've been a management consultant for most of my career. And there, there are two things that I noticed. One was a personal thing and one was definitely with the teams. And we, when you hire a consultant, you hire them to come and solve a very serious problem for you. Then we leave and the change or the outcome is not sustained. It's there for a little bit, but then it, it dissipates. So it got me to thinking about what what is it? It's not the structure. It's not the analysis. It was the way we're engaging people, the people at the site who had to continue and sustain what we were putting in place. It was them that we weren't engaging in the right way. 
So that was one miss that I noticed. The second one, as I said, was personal. And that was just really a dissatisfaction with how my own career was progressing and wondering why is it that, you know, I can have great ideas and I, you know, I'm prepared. I know all this stuff. I've done all my studies and, you know, just, I, I feel like I have so much to give. And yet sometimes the companies weren't necessarily asking for that contribution or accepting the contribution and that I wasn't being heard or valued. So it was very frustrating. That's what led me to, to look into what we're going to discuss today, the five voices. That's such an interesting angle. I think there's a lot of us who can relate to that. I know for sure that I can. Having those periods in your career where you know what you have to offer is valuable. You know that you know your stuff, right? And still somehow your contribution isn't really kind of landing with anyone. So you you ended up using a assessment tool, which I found fascinating. Thank you for sending the information over to me so I could take a look at it called the five voices. So before we talk um, specifically about it, how does something like five voices help an organization? And can you, you know, give us a brief overview? Yeah, absolutely. So the five voices is, is kind of this culmination of, you know, Myers-Briggs, DISC, and some other, what I'll call traditional personality tests, or, you know, what kind of thinker are you? We, we I think we all love to do those and understand what makes me tick, right? So this was a way that this got the giant worldwide brought together these different tools into one and use that to define what makes you tick and what's it like to be on the other side of you receiving messages and so forth. So it really resonated with me about how can I find out more about me? Because I'm an introvert. So I always like to, you know, the INTJ is strong eye on that one to understand what I can do differently because I have the responsibility to change. So the, the framework it's categorized into five, the five voices from the most quiet person to the person who's most dominant. And the way I like to, to explain this to people is when think about it in a meeting, you have a person who comes in the room and they're just, they tell you everything. You never have to ask them a question because they always, their idea is the most important idea. It's obvious from the way they're describing it. Then you have others who are like, yeah, maybe I'll say something, maybe I won't. They kind of hem and haw about whether they should participate. And then there are people in between. And so that that's that's the you know the nature of it. If you'd like, I, I can go ahead and, and give you kind of a brief overview of each one. Would that be good? Yeah. How about that? Go through the five voices. I think that's fascinating. Okay, great. So so from order of quietest to loudest, there's a nurturer. And this person, and as you listen to these, kind of think, is this me? Maybe it's me, maybe it's not, because it'll probably resonate with you when you hit when you hear the one that's that's you. The nurturer is the quietest one. This is a person that when they're in the organization, they know how the rest of the team's going to feel about an idea. They, they know how the, the team will react. That's 43% of the, the population falls in this category and 70% of women. So we're, you know, always very, very intuitive what's going on. As, as a result of that, because we're focused on others, we fear conflict. So we, we won't speak out necessarily. So when I said the quiet one, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to get in an argument with anybody. Uh, that's one thing to watch out about. But if you let them speak first and acknowledge their competence and contribution, it makes all the difference. You will get them to speak out more. You make it a safe environment and they will engage. So that's you know, number one, nurturer. Second one is your creative. This is 9% of the population. So not a lot of people fall into this, but it is a quieter voice. What they're great at 
is kind of your early warning system in your team. In other words, you come up with an idea and they'll run out to the vision, go, yep, got it. And they'll run every single risk that could go with it and come back and and say, "Mm, you know, boy, we better watch out for the following. Now, what happens is they do that pretty rapidly. And so when they say something back into, they'll they'll do it like literally in the meeting within two minutes, they've run all the great, you know, chess players, I guess (laughs) they've run all these examples and they'll come back and say it. And the team just looks at them like, where did that come from? That doesn't, we weren't even talking about that. Doesn't make any sense. So they struggle. That's their, it's the thing to watch out. They struggle to communicate because it seems like they're disconnected when they're actually not. They're kind of two steps in front. So really way to empower them is don't judge them what by what they say first. And certainly don't explain on their behalf, right? <laughs> Let them get it all out and then ask questions to clarify. Third are your guardians. And this is 30% of the population. They love process and order and systems and you know any way to scale. They just love that. That's their thing. So when they hear an idea, the kind of thing to watch out is what, what they'll do is they'll ask a lot of questions because they want to understand how how are we going to get this done? How is this going to happen? And so when they do ask questions, sometimes people will see that as a negative, like, okay, here we go again. They're just going to ask questions. We're never going to get past the asking questions. We're never going to get to do something because they're asking so many questions. But you know, they're valuable to the team. So way to empower them, welcome their critique. I would also say limit them to their five most critical worries so that you can keep the team moving. But certainly you need that, you know, kind of due diligence check. Now, why that's important, I'll kind of pause here for a moment. It's 82%, if you added that up, it's 82% of the population is quieter. And these are the people that will tend to not say anything. And they're also the ones who don't feel valued and heard. And you can see why they're, they're going to they're stay quiet. And you're losing their ideas and their contributions. Because the, the other two groups, the connector, that's 11% of the population. Um, they, they're persuasive and inspirational communicators. So, you know, you imagine you remember meetings where you've had somebody who came into the room and just, you know, Mr. or Miss Charisma, they just, you know, love and you, everybody's like, God, that was great. Wait, I didn't get a chance to ask anything or say anything. Wait, what? You know, it kind of, it, you know, the, the meeting was just maybe a forum for them to talk and you're just the participant. So you're really just there to listen. And was that in a business meeting, is that really what you want to have? And is that effective? The thing is, is because they are so inspirational, they, they feel like if you ask a question or say, hey, tell me a little bit more about the idea that you just explained, that that's a personal attack. So they will take that personally. But, you know, certainly if you give them time to share their ideas and their passions and say, you know, I, that's a great idea. You got to acknowledge how wonderful the idea was and then ask questions. So let them get it all the way out there. And then the last group, the pioneers, 7% of the population. But this is the group that we see the most often in the workforce when we think of leadership, because these are the people that literally say anything is possible. I'm going to get it done. These are the get it done people and the heck with everybody else. And that could be to the detriment of the team. So oftentimes they'll come across as not being very sensitive, unwilling to listen to anybody else, and sometimes will even make other people feel incompetent because they're not listening or they will say, I don't think that was a good idea. You, you, that, you need to think that through, right? So they kind of push you off, but certainly there's not much you need to do to empower them because they just, 
I think of them as the, you know, the, the lawnmower that just keeps going, right? They, they need nothing to keep going because they're like, they're fueled by their own passion and ideas. So those are the five. And you, you again, from quietest to loudest. I love this tool so much <laughs> for a couple of reasons. One of them is that for anybody who's running a meeting, assuming that they're the kind of the organizer or the one in charge of the meeting, give them a tool that if they choose that awareness, that they can make sure that all the voices of the, are in the room are heard just by understanding how to give them some cues so that they can speak up. That's what I hear you saying, that, that, that if we can, you know, we can use this tool in that way, right? Yes, absolutely. And what I suggest to people is, is one, that they know what their own voice is and they know what the, their team's voices are and that they intentionally realign meetings to let the quietest person speak first every single time, at least give them the opportunity. They may choose to not speak and that's okay, but make it safe for them to go first. And, and literally with my teams, I run every single meeting like that. So everybody takes this, we know the order and it changes the dynamic because they feel supported and they feel listened to and they feel valued. Yeah. They know they're going to have an opportunity to speak and won't be shut down, which I think is Fantastic. And I suppose, I suppose after they have a little bit of experience of doing this, maybe that builds up that muscle too, that makes them a little more confident about speaking up. Would, would, do you see it working like that? Or do they always have to be cued to go first? I do. I do. No, they don't always have to be cued. It becomes natural. Yeah. The, you know, the other thing I love about this is because I'm actually the loud person in the room. I'm the, whatever the fifth type is, that's probably me. The pioneer. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you get, it's uh, whatever the personality types that fit into that, you know, really a high D on disc and all of that. And the thing is, it hardly ever occurs to me that other people are not like me, that I think I'm going to go ahead and we're going to have this meeting and I'm going to get stuff done. And I'm thinking if people feel like they have something to say, they're just going to say it. This tool has been a good I guess, reminder that that's just not the way it really works with people. That's true. Because with the attributes of, of all these, you know, voices, they're just literally that they're attributes or, you know, it's not that it's a bad thing or a good thing necessarily. It's just the way we are. And it's that recognition that not everybody's like me, right? I, you don't function like I do. I don't function like you do, but how would we work? How can we best work together in a team so that we become high performing. So what, why I say that is the first step is clarity and communication. And if everybody's not communicating, I can't get you to align to what is it we're supposed to do and certainly can't get you to a point where we have improved productivity. And so that's why I start with this communication because it is truly a communication tool, but it gets everybody speaking the same language, literally on what it takes to, to be a good team. Man, this is just so important. I hope everybody who's listening out there, once again, is taking notes because if you work in tech, we work in a community where people tend to communicate better with people, other people that they respect, who are like them, whose opinion they value because of the information that they know. And But it does tend to silence people who are on the quieter side of that spectrum so being able to get everybody enrolled in what it is that you're trying to do and to make sure that you hear from 
people whose perspective, they may be the quiet observers, but they're the ones who are going to see the problems that are coming up if we don't listen to them. And you have to have a way for those people to be heard. To me, one of the worst things that can happen is that we have an organization that kind of goes sailing through something without anybody feeling like they have the space and the permission to speak up and say, I see a problem with this plan and I would like to talk about it. And those are the quiet ones, aren't they, Brenda? Those are going to be the ones who are are the quieter people who have that kind of observation. That's exactly right. Because if we use the dynamics with the pioneer, who's usually the one running the meeting, if you think of of traditional kind of how meetings go, that person's going to run the meeting and they'll run off with their idea. They're also strategic thinkers, these pioneers. They love future ideas. The important part of this choir of voices, if you think as we lay them out, that nurturer is going to wonder if everybody's okay with the idea the pioneer just announced. Are we all feeling all right? Are we all communicated to enough that we understand what they just said? That's one thing. You layer on top of that, the creative who just ran, just ran all of your risk assessment on your idea. And it's like, wait, I see the, I see, you know, the critical path to get there. I see how to get there. So we avoid the most problems. The guardian is the person who's like process, process, process. Hello. That's a great idea. How are we going to get that done? Because, you know, right now it feels like the wheels are falling off, right? <laughs> They're going to do those, those due diligence checks with you. And then the connector is the one who loves to go tell people what a great idea. Oh my God, you guys are going to be so excited about what's coming up. Wait until you hear about it. Oh my gosh, let me tell you about it. They start telling you everybody about it, which is great because, you know, salespeople, marketing, that's, that's, the juice right there. They're juiced, they're juiced and excited about it. The other ones, the quieter ones are going to like, yeah, and we're going to make sure we can deliver. It's great. You guys thought about that. Let's make sure it really happens. And I think that's why it's so important to have those contributions and voices heard as, as painful as it can be for a pioneer, because they just want to go off and do it, to hear it and go, they're not anchoring you to this point in time. They're helping you be more successful. And for the rest of the teams, even the quieter ones is like, yeah, I need that connector to go out and evangelize on my behalf. That's awesome because I'm not good at it. It is a, that recognition of the dynamics of the team that makes it fun and exciting. And literally when I do this with teams, other people want to be part of that team. Like, what the heck? You guys are awesome. Like, we don't function mm-hmm. like that over here in our area, in our department. You guys have something, some sort of juice, some sort of excitement that I want to be part of that. How do I do that? And that's, you know, that's the, the joy of seeing that kind of transformation happen. Yeah, it's got payback in so many levels, because not only is it making the members of the team feel valued and, they, and their contribution therefore goes up, but it also makes the, the person who's doing the leading of that group more valuable to the organization because of the way things are running. It's just a win. It, it's, it's a win all the way around. It reminds me of something that uh, there's an African proverb, and I think I've got this probably taped to my bathroom mirror because I need to be reminded of it so frequently as that person that tends to be the pioneer on things is that if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you have to go with others. And this tool is the tool that really allows everybody to be part of that journey and 
to be so much more productive together, which is really why I love it. And I want to just make one other observation too, because it's often, I hear this more than I would like in the tech community that it tends, I think, for the women in tech, not always, that's just not, not a, meant to be a gender generalization, but I do hear from a lot of people who are part of our program that, yeah, one of the most common experiences is that they get talked over in meetings or they get cut off, or they actually may have another person in the meeting after they've presented an idea which gets very little recognition and acknowledgement in the meeting, somebody else picks up their idea, usually a male member of the meeting, but somebody else picks up that idea, represents the very same idea and gets all the credit. And I suspect that has to do with the dynamics of this five voices. Yeah. I absolutely believe that to be true. So one thing we, I I didn't mention is that I'm an engineer, like the first level training. And so so many times over my career, I have been, I don't like to say the victim of it, but, but the victim of that, what you just described, right? So I have been a character in that play that you just laid out and it drives me nuts. I just I'm like, well, wait, I literally just said that 10 minutes ago and he just, yeah, you know, mansplained it and now he gets credit for it. It's like, wait, what? No. And so that's a reason, that's another reason I got into this. Like, we've got to change the dynamics. But the first thing is you have to understand yourself to lead yourself and then others. So if you don't like your reality, you can change it. And how do you change it? Well, you change it by understanding your behavioral patterns. They're not good or bad. It just just means they are. So if you don't like where you're, the outcomes you're getting, what can you do differently? Because you control you, right? We control ourselves. And that's why I started this journey for myself personally of how could I do that? And then how can I bring it out to teams and help them do the same and know and see the results? And it does make a difference because I, you know, I had an integrated group, male and female, tried to make us as close to 50-50 as possible because it, it, it brings a richness and needs, we need to reflect the population and making sure, and that's the reason you know, everything is so important to be heard. Because too many times we are as women in tech and either silenced or just ignored. And sometimes our male counterparts don't either don't recognize that because that's just they're they're in automatic mode, right? Just how I run. Or they're a quieter voice and they themselves don't know how to help. Because like, yeah, that kind of happens to me a little bit too. And they want to help, but they're not sure. I think this is a structure to kind of help with that as well. Yeah, it's an awareness. You you mentioned something that I resonate with so strongly because when you say, you know, the most important thing is you have to know yourself. That's one of the pillars to me of being a leader or being effective is that you have to know yourself and be willing to stand in who you are. And I think the other thing you said along with that is, and once you know yourself, like you're aware and self-aware, then If you see patterns of behavior or patterns that are not something that you want, that aren't getting you the results that you want, then you can change them. But you have to start from knowing them (laughs) before you can identify, you know, it's like Deming's rule, right? You can't, uh, you can't improve what you can't define. So you have to keep, you have to kind of have that self-awareness and self-knowledge. And I love this 
this tool. It just seems to line up along with all the other assessment tools that we often get to <laughs> be a part of in the workplace. So this is cool. I, I am going to throw throw this question out to you. I didn't talk to you about this in advance, but do you see this five voices having a special kind of application now that we're like all virtual and it's all work from home? Seems like that might have a even more important yeah. application here. It, it absolutely is. And that's a great question. So the, the other component of this is that the the team that I've had, we're, we've been remote. We, we were remote players since 2014. So we're spread all over the place. It's like it, and that's why culture is even more important. And the time that you spend and in being in, intentional with your meetings is so much more important because we have to create a sense of togetherness while we're apart. And this helps bring that together because we still go, you still go in that same order, but the intent is, well, what are we going to do? And communications become super important because I need you to understand and get to that alignment, right? So it's a way of, of creating that clarity of our mission and vision because we're at home. It doesn't change, but in, you know, unless there's something happening within our business is changing our business model, then it's going to change. Even then, it's importance of clarity of the, the message of what is happening. As a leader, I have the responsibility to tell you if we're going to pivot what we're doing, how are we doing it? What is happening? I don't want you making up your own story about it because we're very creative, right? We're creative people generally, like if you don't tell me, I'm going to fill in the gaps and you have no idea what I'm going to put in there. Right. All the more in reason that the communications team meetings and those are aligned to allow people the freedom to ask the question. So the quieter voices and going, oh my God, am I going to lose my job? Am I losing my job? Is everybody losing their job? Is that what she just said? No, address it, right? It, 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 let them ask those questions. Like start it out with that tough question. Are we all going to lose our job? Right? That This is the time for, for, for this five voices framework even more because it's, it's not just the assessment and evaluation. It's the tactical parts that go behind it. So once you understand what your voice is, now what can we do with that? There's a lot of you know powerful tools and techniques we can use once we have that in place. That that this is you know you said something. I I want to put this like on a on a hashtag. Create a sense of togetherness while we're apart, and we don't have any other way to do that when we're all over the place than our voices and the way that we the way that we use our communications when we're together in a meeting. So yeah, this is like more important now than it's ever been. And yeah, I think that, you know, like with so many other things in this whole quarantine and pandemic, that it sort of ripped the bandaid, it ripped the cover and the blinders off on so many things that were going on in the workplace that we were sort of limping through, but we didn't really have to pay attention to it because we could kind of get by. And now it's just hyper-focused on how are we going to communicate effectively with one another? How are we going to create that sense of togetherness? How are we going to create the camaraderie and the teamwork when we can't see each other anymore? at least for you know the next few months maybe even so this is a real opportunity in this time of disruption to say hold on a second we can not only get good at this when we're apart think of how amazing it will be when we're back together 
and when you're together, it's time for celebration. So, you know, as my, as I was saying, we've always been remote. So when we do get together, they become like mini events, mini experiences. And this was something that I, you know, did for my teams that, and I think is super important that we got together and had the face to face because you needed to see eyeballs. You could do that with Zoom or, you know, your, your choice. You can see the whites of people's eyes to make sure you have clarity and connection. But the connection of the physical nearness, we'll say, I would always add experiences to it. So we did like an escape room together or something like that, depending on the size of your team, right? I'd always adjust it to whatever. We we did a a food tour, which was just hilarious because by the end of the night, we're like, who actually wants another bite of food? No, nobody wanted dessert, right? It was like, oh my gosh. And it was raining, you know, so they have a story that goes with that, a feeling of what it's like when we do come together, that we come together and celebrate our successes. During the day, we talk about, you know, the nitty gritty business of what we, we got to get this stuff done. We came together for this reason, but certainly we, we took that time, right? And, and every time we came together, we had team stories that came from that, that were fun and made it even more when we went back to our home bases in Canada and Wisconsin and D.C., in Vegas, you know, everybody spread apart that we carried that warmth in our hearts that it just, it, we just carried it forward. It's like, oh my God, that was hilarious. And then we shared it with other people who weren't part of the team. They're like, wait a minute, what are you guys doing? It sounded like fun. Why, why wasn't I invited? Well, you're not actually our working team, but, and you know, you see, you see where the people start to go with that. They're like, yeah. Now on the flip side, there's also professional development stuff, right? That I would do too, but certainly making an experience and a, a celebration when you come together. I'm curious, Brenda, are you a connector? Is that your style? No, I'm not. I'm actually a creative. A creative. Okay. I'm a creative. So, but my job functions primarily have been as a guardian. So I kind of knowing yourself, right? I created this friction for myself that was part of my limitation. I'm a strategy person by nature. That's what I love to do that. But the guardian put me in this, oh, or do we have all our, you know, I's and T's crossed it, you know, all, all the things that engineers worry about. That's what I put myself into and my function. So having said that, I wouldn't trade that training for anything in the world. I think it's fantastic. I wouldn't undo it. But now that I understand the dynamic I created for myself, like, oh, wow, that's part of the problem there. (laughs) So, you know, it's helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I love it. I love that you're an engineer and that you are doing this from that perspective that you've got that background and that experience and that now you're like, wow, this is what we could do. Think of what we could do as engineers, right? Whether that's software engineering or any other kind of engineering, think of what we could do as engineers if we could really nail it on the communications. That's powerful. Powerful. So you, I know you have a free gift for people if they want to get a copy of your download on the five voices is there, how's the best way for people to get a, in touch with you and get a hold of you? Yeah. So there, there are actually two things. I said, we, we talked about, you should know yourself. So if you'd like to take a five minute quiz to find out which voice you are, you can go to inspiringcompanyculture.com backslash quiz, answer the questions. Like I said, in maybe five minutes, you'll automatically get a, you know, it'll pop up and say you are pioneer and it'll give you a nice graphic about that. It'll follow up with an email about more details about your voice and your voice type. 
that's one way. So you can, you'll get your knowledge and that sort of thing. And certainly I'll follow up with you and say questions and that sort of thing. Or you can email me directly at Brenda at inspiringcompanyculture.com. Super. Brenda, it's been delightful. We could talk for a lot longer (laughs) about all of this. (laughs) You've given me lots to think about because, man, I I don't want to, you know, I need to not run meetings in a way where I assume everybody's just going to speak up if they have something to say. And so I've got some work to do for myself here. This is fantastic. I appreciate you being on the show so much. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we'll get a chance to come back and chat again soon. I'd love that. And thanks for having me, Karen. It's it's been a wonderful experience and pleasure. So thank you so much. That's it for today's show. Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast is part of the ecosystem of knowledge sharing and affordable group coaching to help reverse the trend of women leaving tech and to help diverse women in male-dominated industries get the visibility, opportunities, and compensation they deserve. Be sure to check out our five-day challenge by visiting us online at createyourleadingedge.com. Like what you hear? Subscribe, share, or leave a review wherever you listen to the show. We'll be back again next week. Be well, stay strong, and remember, be an ally. Be an ally.